happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the home bunker. Folks, I'm very excited to bring to you this week uh, a two-part conversation on the state of Black farmers and ranchers in America. And, you know, for many years, I've often wondered, what would America look like if following the Civil War, right, and the emancipation of enslaved Black people in the United States, if they had received what they were owed, right? If not only had Reconstruction continued for more than 12 years, which saw Black men having access to the vote and becoming members uh, of government, right, at the state, local, and uh, city levels, But if also those that were enslaved, beaten, raped, terrorized, and brutalized for centuries, if those that had survived um, white supremacist domestic terrorism, if they had received the land, right, and the resources um, to build their lives, right? after having built the economy of the United States off of their backs. This is something that I think about often. And, you know, it actually sometimes brings me back to Jonathan Metzl, our friend, and our in-house doctor's book, Dying of Whiteness. How much stronger America would be right now if white, racist, Americans had not then and continue now to levy so many obstacles and issues and policies on top of Black Americans that 
this country would be a place of bounty, right? For everyone. And so come now to the conversation that I'm having this week. Um, and that is with April Simpson, who is a reporter and the person that is leading this season three of the award-winning podcast, The Heist, which has had two very successful seasons. And The Heist in season three focuses on a heist by the U.S. government of land and wealth from America's black farmers and ranchers. And April, who I will speak to next, reports on this series, and it is anchored around Nate Bradford, who you will hear from tomorrow, who is a black rancher and comes from a family of ranchers and the issues that he has had. And, you know, this entire series, uh, this next season, is all tied to a recent study that found this, folks. Listen to this. Because when I'm talking about the disruption, the purposeful disruption of Black wealth, the racial wealth gap has always been discussed as if it is, oh, we just need to provide these underserved Black people with opportunities and then they can thrive. They just need more education, blah, blah, blah. No, actually. What black people in this country has needed is for white people to get the fuck out of their way. Right? And why do I say that? Because I want you to take in this number right now. Season three of The Heist is tied to a study that found that black farmers lost $326 billion with a B in land in the 20th century alone. That's more than the entire GDP of Chile and Colombia. That discrimination has largely been at the hands of the U.S. Department of Agriculture, which was established by President Lincoln during the Civil War. $326 billion. And I know that you have listened to uh, Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg on this show and others when he spoke about the discrimination that had been done to break up black communities and put highways right right through towns and communities, through farmland, go in and just seize land from black owners and give them nothing in return for it. This has been the fundamental practice of this government since Lincoln. So when we talk about the racial wealth gap, it isn't something that occurred because there was a quote-unquote lack of educational opportunity. The reason why Black people in this country find themselves making 10, 20 times less and having less wealth than their white neighbors and counterparts is largely because of the United States government's theft 
lies, deceit, and discrimination that has been interwoven into policies for hundreds of fucking years. I can tell you, folks, that when I began this interview with April and Nate, who you will hear from tomorrow, I knew a little, right? Uh, I knew enough to know that the United States government has always been at the front of ensuring the racial wealth gap, of solidifying the racial wealth gap in this country and taking absolutely no responsibility and continuing along with the narrative that, oh, you know, black folks are just lazy or they just need more education or to pick themselves up from their bootstraps. Understanding that white wealth in this country was formed around the obstacles that were put in the way for their black counterparts. Why is it that I have some friends that have land and businesses that were passed down in their families from their great-great-grandparents? And they're like, oh, why don't you have anything, right? You don't know land, no business, no nothing. Oh, because black people, their families were denied those loans, those mortgages, the land rights run off of their land. And so each generation has just been trying to keep their head above water that the United States government has been drowning them in. So in this conversation coming up next with April Simpson, we get into the conversation that the heist, the award-winning podcast is having this season around Black farmers and ranchers and government theft. That conversation, dear friends, is coming up next. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. 
Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Folks, I am very happy to welcome to Woke AF Daily for the first time April Simpson, um, who is the reporter who is reporting on an award-winning podcast, The Heist, which whose season two, The Wealth Vortex, won the 2023 Excellence in Financial Journalism Award uh, for audio for best audio reporting. And this season, uh, which will come out on October 3rd, focuses on the heist by the U.S. government of land and wealth from America's black farmers and ranchers. Um, April, please talk to us about I mean, your your work, one, um, has been uh, at the Center for Public Integrity. You have been a U.S. Fulbright fellow. You have been at the uh, London School of Economics. You have covered uh, this issue and many issues around agriculture and reported on it. Talk to us about the plight of black farmers in the U.S. that is not mainstream knowledge. Okay, sure. Um, I mean, black farmers have long had issues in gaining access to credit, um, being able to get loans, uh, even loan applications, um, being able to get that money in a way that is um, timely, because agriculture is obviously so time sensitive. Um, And they've often had an issue with the Department of Agriculture in that it being a lender to um, farmers who aren't able to get credit anywhere else. And this kind of um, documented history of discrimination has been going on for a very long time. Um, Some would argue that it's been going on since the founding of the department, which happened during the Civil War um, under President Lincoln. And um, yeah, the, the reports that go through, you know, from the 60s, the 80s, the 90s, and all of that ended up with a um, class action settlement that I'm sure you'll you'll want to talk about mm-hmm. um, in the late 90s that um, black farmers were successful in um, settling with the government around. So one of the things that um, I did not realize and I think um, is 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 brought up in the description of this upcoming uh, season is that. Black farmers lost $326 billion in land in the 20th century alone. Um, Talk to us about that staggering number in the 20th century and then in conjunction with the lawsuit that they won and how much that was actually for, if it was even a drop in the bucket in comparison to the theft. Right. So that $326 billion is obviously a very staggering figure. It's um, these uh, researchers released that data um, showing that, you know, black farmers have lost this amount in land and in wealth, because when you have land, it can be used as collateral to, um, you know, get loans or credit. It um, it's, you know, it's a wealth building tool. It often leads to um, political uh uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, political power uh, mm-hmm, locally. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks who are landowners are also, you know, community um, community leaders. And so, black farmers have been denied all of this over uh, the past century. There's 
you know, other stats from the census of agriculture that shows, you know, black farmers are the only racial group of farmers to have decreased over the last century. Obviously, farmland ownership has decreased in a staggering way as well. Um, And so, you know, all of that has been happening. Black farmers waged, like I said, a successful class action suit against the department in the late 90s called Pickford Mm -hmm. versus Glickman. Mm -hmm. Um, And that suit uh, acknowledged that Black farmers had long been denied loans, delayed loans, um, just not given access to the benefits and resources that white farmers were given access to from the Department of Agriculture. And oftentimes that led to them uh, losing their land, uh, you know, going into foreclosure, um, just not being able to plant on time, um, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. pretty much set up for failure. Because if you get that loan too late in the season, like you're not going to have a successful crop. Um, you're not going to have a good harvest season. So um, the settlement in that case, because it didn't actually go to trial, um, there was a settlement agreement that the parties agreed to. And the settlement in that case had uh, essentially two tracks. They call them track A and track B. And for track A, you had to show um, proof of discrimination. You had to show that uh, there was a similarly situated white farmer who was given access to the resources that you were denied. Mm -hmm. You had to show like an economic loss. And um, after you showed these things, you were given uh, $50,000 and the opportunity to have some debt forgiven that was tied to specific loans where the... um, they, they found uh, uh, racial discrimination. Um, the other option that farmers had was track B, and that would have been much more um, much more beneficial in, in terms of the funding that they were given, um, but they still had to show substantial proof um, or a preponderance of ever- evidence of discrimination. They had to gather a lot more paperwork. Um, they had to present it at what's kind of like a mini trial and um, they had to show that their losses were greater than 50,000. Ultimately, only I think 1% or less than 1% of farmers actually went with track B. Um, some farmers say, such as the one that we interview in the podcast, Eddie Slaughter, mm-hmm. um, who was a claimant, he says that the lawyers encouraged the farmers to go with track A because, you know, even though I, the bar was fa- still fairly high, it was lower than track B. And the opportunity to have their debt forgiven, those loans forgiven, was the real draw. But ultimately, most farmers didn't get any loan forgiveness. So I'm just disgusted, right? Like I, like anyone that is listening to this um, and thinking about the, like, I'm thinking about pretty much every presidential candidate talking about middle America talking about real Americans and bootstraps and land and the way that they show fields in their political campaigns. And not one president, you tell me if I'm wrong, has come out and done anything on behalf of Black farmers, like done anything to really push for or provide this kind of debt relief, provide uh, any type of uh, restitution for centuries of 
pillage over their property and their ability to grow wealth in this country? Um, I mean, the the Pickford and the efforts around it started under the Clinton administration. And um, the Secretary of Agriculture at that time, Dan Glickman, you know, from uh, from what I've read and from my reporting, people talk about how sympathetic he was to the plight of Black farmers. Um, there was a second second settlement for those who didn't make it to the first, um, Pickford two, and that happened under the Obama administration. Um, and then now under Biden, mm-hmm. uh, which has had, you know, this administration has had a big focus on racial equity, right? It's like the executive mm-hmm. order from day one. Um had a program in the American Rescue Plan Act, the COVID relief bill, that was trying to relieve the debts of farmers of color, ultimately that um, faced uh, legal challenges. It was rescinded. It was replaced with a new program in the Inflation Reduction Act. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So what is the percentage of Black farmers that are left in the country? It's less than 2%. It's less than 2%. And has is that largely due to this theft? Is it largely due to big ag, right? Like these bigger agricultural companies coming in and being able to, you know, do land grabs essentially? There are a lot of different factors involved and USDA discrimination is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, other factors are, I guess, also within USDA, but outside of the lending department is the civil rights office that has, mm-hmm. um, you know, long been 
ineffective in processing and investigating complaints. It actually closed during, or, or you know, what was not effective during the Reagan administration, um, and that's when a lot of the documents from these black farmers were lost. Um, there's just also, as you mentioned, these broader trends in mechanization and in farm co- consolidation. Uh, there's heirs' property when uh, landowners don't have proper title to their land and are uh, vulnerable to um, having that land essentially taken from them. I mean, it's just extraordinary, April, this story, this series, and like this plight. And I wonder, like, what, as you were interviewing these different um, farmers that have been affected by this, what are your what what are your hopes for this? You know, for the new season in terms of like what people learn and get out of it, and is there any type of advocacy that people listening? you know, would be able to to offer? Or is this just, it's the necessity to tell the story? I think it's an important story to tell, especially at this moment, right? Because it's a very um, tricky legal environment. We're also in a, with the Supreme Court case that struck down affirmative action in higher education, Um, You know, it's also just a tricky political environment in terms of doing any kind of race-based programming. So I think it's an important historical story to tell. I hope that it is educational for people who are not aware of the plight of Black farmers and this very recent history um, and what's happened under the Biden administration and the challenges around that. And I just, I hope it just complicates the thinking around how we think about, you know, colorblind versus race-based remedies. How do you think that the Supreme Court decision um, around affirmative action will come into play? Because again, these are issues that while they're couched in, you know, secondary education have ramifications across industry and business. And so how do you think, you know, that that does come into play moving forward, even if, you know, you have a, you know, sympathetic administration that sees wrongdoing and wants to right it, the ability to actually do that? I think that it's it's tricky for the administration, right? Because like you said, they are... Uh, committed to racial equity and racial justice. And, you know, from the American Rescue Plan Act, we know that they were trying to do something to help farmers of color in particular. Um, But I also think because of this uh, Supreme Court case, uh, they want to avoid any kind of litigation and are trying to push through efforts that are going to succeed. And granted, the more recent efforts are colorblind, um, but, you know, and and also we don't actually know because the data is not being released how much black farmers or any farmers of color are benefiting from more of the recent programs. Um, but from what we know about loan delinquency in black farmers, something like more than 50% are, are delinquent on their loans. Um, we know that they should at least in large part be benefiting from these programs. So 
yeah, I think I, I think they're they're they don't want to get sued. <laughs> they're trying to avoid that. What do you think? Like, what stood out to you the most in the people that you that you talked to and in the research that you did for this latest season? Um, what got you? What got what got to you the 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 most in terms of your reporting? Um, I mean, I've spoken to a lot of Black farm advocates, a lot of elder Black farmers in particular who were claimants in the Pickford case, and I'm always struck by their passion after you know twenty five some odd years, and um, their commitment to educating me and educating others around this history. Um, and I'm always grateful for the time that people are willing to spend with me on that. And and then on the flip side, you know, I've been struck by Nate and his uh, commitment to try to make it as a rancher, despite all these odds, despite the history of government discrimination um, that he kind of walked into, right, as like a younger farmer. Um, and it's, essentially like looming over him and looming the, over the work that he's tried to do, um, that discrimination affected his father. And these, you know, broader changes that are happening with the industry are also affecting him, but he's he's trying to make it regardless. I mean, that's, it's just, you know, it is a really important story to tell, particularly at a time when you have Republican politicians working to erase any semblance of the truth about America's, you know, sounding about injustice and obstacles and discrimination that were faced. Um, and I think that this is absolutely a story that needs to be told and should be told. And I'm just really thankful that you did tell it. Um, please tell people, you know, if they want to find out more um information on this topic on this issue what they can what they can do sure um so our show will be on our website at publicintegrity.org and um, there'll be a collection of stories that publish alongside each podcast episode every tuesday in october and those stories are you know kind of complementary to each episode and they dig into a, a particular issue that a little bit deeper um there are, you know, a number of advocacy groups. There's, um, there are also books that people could go to for just a deeper knowledge. There's a wonderful book by Pete Daniel called Dispossession that is kind of the textbook I think of as a textbook around um, the plight of Black farmers. And there's like these academic papers, like the, the paper you referenced around 326 billion lost in land and wealth um, that was done by uh, Thomas Mitchell, a researcher at uh, Boston College, and um, another researcher at University of Massachusetts, Boston. Um, those would be a couple good places to start. Amazing. Well, April, thank you so much for taking the time to join Woke AF Daily. And thank you um, for this reporting, this really important reporting. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Happy Pride. 
Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit TomboyX.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.